Welcome to episode 38 of Young Female Entrepreneurs. It's a weekly live stream that we have here every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern in the Oval Eye TV studio. And tonight's guest is amazing. So uh, he he works for a company called Obsidian. They create games. And I know this is a totally different guest than we've usually had. We very rarely have dudes on the show in the first place, let alone gamers. So this show is going to be awesome, something that's definitely out of your comfort zones. But $1 million was their, their goal in reaching for their Kickstarter campaign. This game that they're doing, the, Adams, the, our guest, is the executive producer on it, Project Eternity. It ended up reaching four million dollars by the end of the campaign it's insane creating a lot of loyal followers so make sure that you stay tuned to the entire show to find out more from adam So, like I was saying, you're watching the Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream every Thursday night here at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. We broadcast live with an awesome guest, and tonight's guest is Adam Brennicky. I have a couple images lined up. I don't know if you see those. He is the exec- executive producer on the Project Eternity game that's coming out in 2014. They did a Kickstarter campaign for it to finance the project back in October. Their goal was $1 million. They ended up reaching $4 million with over 73,000 backers. I guess almost like 74,000 really when you think about it. He's been featured in a number of publications. He, This is, I believe, one of the um, the top game, gaming, uh, pl- or game, video game. Well, I'll have to ask Adam more about it, but that has reached that amount of money on Kickstarter. So it's very cool. And I know during our conference, which we're going to be talking a little bit about before we welcome Adam on the show, we had a number of women that were interested in running Kickstarter campaigns that have done them, that have done successful campaigns, some that have kind of dwindled off. And so we're going to ask him all about that. We're going to ask him about the gaming industry, about um, working with females, about his his busy his busy lifestyle in developing and working with a team. So it'll be really cool. Um, but before we get into that, I wanted to quickly go over our uh, Young Female Entrepreneurs Conference. It's the first online conference that we did today. It was available to attendees from across the world. We had people in Germany and um, Prague that were attending, crazy women that it was very late their time, but they were still joining us on the chat and chatting with us about uh, their businesses. So uh, the big speakers that I wanted to point out were the three that actually provided presentations. One was Stacy of uh, MySocialCloud.com. She did an awesome job. She Her company is uh, backed by Richard Branson, Sir Richard Branson, and it's, you go to mysocialcloud.com, sign up, and you're able to save your password securely. You can reach um, reach it from any desktop computer, your mobile device, etc., and be able to access bookmarks, save things, all sorts of fun stuff. And she gave us a, a nice presentation on, um, that's actually Tori. <laughs> 
Uh, she gave us a great presentation on uh, feedback. So very thankful for her. Another one was Rachel Rogers, who went on at um, 1 o'clock or so. And she was talking about our project-based lifestyle and how to put some structure behind that. And finally, Natalie Lucier. She is, I believe she's originally from Canada. She's now in New York City. And she talked to us about creative marketing. She's uh, an engineer by trade. And then she got into raw juices or raw the raw food lifestyle and ended up moving that into teaching other people how to build websites it's a pretty cool story actually it's very cool story. i don't want to say it's pretty cool um but i really appreciate it appreciated the insights from those three women in particular and then oh my goodness we had the craziest panelists. They were amazing. So the first one up was uh, with the city coordinator, Stacy, Marissa, and Erica. Thank you so much. Erica was on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine. Marissa just got done with her wifey NYC meetup. And then Stacy just completed a rebrand. So that was fantastic. Uh, Jess Estrada, who is a very large fashion blogger here in the Seattle area, had um, Maria and Kimberly of Sweet Sports and Sue and Christina of Crispy Bikinis. That panel was intense. Those women are doing amazing things. Man manufacturing, actually Adam should know about this. Crispy Bikinis is out of Southern California. He should meet up with them. And then uh, Jules Taggart and Christina, they did uh, a publishing your book panel with Amy Cloud, uh, Rachel Birch, who did um, a Married White Female Seeking a BFF. That's the title of her book. Brilliant. Really fun listening to that. Lisa Nicole Bell, who's been on the live stream, was fantastic. And then the, f the last panel was Carson and Kathleen of Itty Bitty Party Committee <laughs> with uh, Nakia and Tori of Utoria and Donna Keza and uh, Nyla Blades, who are now in um, the Young Female Entrepreneurs Los Angeles meetup. That's happening in an hour with Erin of Well in LA. We have an image of Erin, of course. She's fantastic. This event always sells out in Los Angeles. Gorgeous women, very smart women with amazing businesses, a variety of them. She's partnered with I Am That Girl, which is a huge YouTube channel, and it has very similar, um, similar mission as Young Female Entrepreneurs. So that's going to be really fun to hear more about that event. But overall, huge thank you to all that attended the Young Female Entrepreneurs Conference. Very big thank you to the speakers and to the panelists. And before we bring Adam on, I wanted to talk or to show you a couple of our tout outs because tout is uh, located in San Francisco. They're video based um, social media type sharing, share 15 seconds of a status update. And so we've asked our community to share short 15 second elevator pitches, questions, or just like, hey, how's it going? So these are the things that we, the, the contributions that we've received over the last couple of days from young female entrepreneurs. Who stoked about YFECon? girl. See you guys all there tomorrow. I'm Jules Tiger with Kickstart Kitchen and we're going to be leading the section on publishing your book. Hi everyone. I'm Marissa Vicario. I am the founder of Marissa's Wellbeing and Health. I am also the city coordinator for YFE NYC and a healthy living expert and blogger. Hi Tout. It's Stacey Harris from Hit the Mic Marketing. I'm really excited to be joining Tout. Most excited to be using it in conjunction with YFE TV. I wanted to say hi to Jen and a big thanks for YFECon tomorrow. Bye-bye, everybody. Hi, my name's Rowan. I'm from howtosingforyourlife.com. I want to just say hi to anyone who wants to get some singing tips. I'm running lots of videos that are free. So come over to my site if you want to find out more. I'm Tessa Grell. I'm an event planner and the YFE Seattle coordinator. It's nice to meet you all. 
So before I bring Adam on, the last thing I want to remind you of is that we're reading the, um, I don't know if you guys can see this. It's the Pumpkin Pumpkin Plan by Mike Michalovich. <laughs> I probably should have asked how I pronounce his last name first. He's the guy that did that toilet paper book too beforehand. And now he has a book called The Pumpkin Plan. And it's getting rave reviews within our book club. There's about 150 women that are reading this within Bootstrap Book Club by Christina and Jules of kickstartkitchen.com. And it's, I mean, the women are loving it. So check that book out. Um, if you want actually a free download of it, if you go to audibletrial.com slash and you sign up for a trial, you can actually get that book for free. So make sure that you try, uh, that you check out the Bootstrap Book Club. It's at kickstartkitchen.com slash book dash club, I believe. Um, so anyway, let's go ahead and welcome Adam on. Thank you, Adam, so much for being on the show, for, for sitting in our green room while we did the updates and everything. I really appreciate it. Hi. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> So, Adam, uh, you're like I was telling everyone, you're not exactly our stereotypical guest. We've had October was a dude's month where we had a lot of guys on the show. And so you you don't necessarily own your own business and you're a dude. And so <laughs> why do we have you on the show? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So tell us a little bit about uh, what it is exactly that you do, because you work for Obsidian and you're the executive producer on Project Eternity. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so Obsidian is a independent uh, game developer. Uh, we've been around for nine years um, and we primarily make role playing games um, and uh, this past October, we launched our Kickstarter, which is uh, um, a method of crowdfunding. Um, and it, it's kind of an, a new, unusual thing. And it's kind of one of those crazy internet things that has kind of, uh, kind of ballooned over the past year. And uh, so, uh, and Kickstarter wasn't really a, a thing for video games uh, up until, I would say, January of... Uh, 2012 when uh, a company called Double Fine put their Kickstarter up and it kind of went crazy um, and so we looked at that and and uh, um, we we kind of wanted to, to to jump in with them and, and and try it ourselves and so we uh, we we put our own Kickstarter out there um, and uh, we uh, we raised four million dollars, and that's crowdfunded money. So it's crowdfunding. Just to kind of take a step back, crowdfunding is kind of a just for people that don't know. It's a it's kind of a pledge. So you're donating money to a cause or an idea or a project. And uh, Kickstarter is like a portal where you can put your projects up there and see um, what people think about them. So uh, we put our video game up there, and it was just an idea at the time. And we. Um, it's kind of accepting donations, people around the world, fans, uh, people that, uh, you know, you could donate a dollar, you could donate a thousand dollars, and you'd actually, you would get a reward depending on your donation level. Um, and so we, as you said, we had 74,000 backers, so 74,000 people donated money towards Project Eternity. Um, and and uh, since then, we've been working on the game. Uh, I think we closed the Kickstarter on October 5th, uh, 16th. So we've been working on it for about a month now. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go back a little bit, because like you were saying, this is basically them pledging. Now, 
a lot of people that have ran a Kickstarter campaign can understand. We had a Made Woman magazine out of, uh, they were UCLA alumni, alumni um, women, and uh, they they did a similar type of a thing where it was started at $5, which is kind of the standard for a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And then pledge, then you guys took it on to $20 or more, and you had specific um, type of like uh, incentives as to why you should pledge that. And then your largest one, I believe, was, was it $10,000? Yeah, we had a $10,000 pledge level. That's crazy. And okay, so you you see that usually in Kickstart campaigns. We've had Joey Bra on. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Joey bra is like a little iPhone that goes in your bra and they got huge exposure on a lot of tech um, outlets and they had even they had like $10,000 pledges $5,000 pledges and they got maybe one of them. You guys did not just get one of them. You got three backers under 5,000 five backers under 10,000 or more. Yeah. So yeah, how- we, we had a, quite a few people that gave us quite a bit of money. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. <laughs> Well, and this is not, I mean, okay, so here's the difference between going out and saying, I'm going to pledge you money or whatever it is, I'm going to donate. These people didn't just give you money. They're actually involved with the game. They're they're testing things out for you. They get to help name stuff for you. It wasn't, I mean, yeah. there's some work involved on their part in order to, when they give this money. So I guess before I move into any more thing, any anything else with the Kickstarter, what's that like? Basically, I mean, you're like literally working for these people now. You're, you're... well, that's the, and that's the great thing about Kickstarter is uh, for for video games is um, typically um, you know this whole model of, of crowdfunding is is completely different on um, in terms of how games are usually funded, um, and it's 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 awesome that we can have a direct connection with our fans because at the end of the day that those are the people that are buying the game those are the people enjoying it and that's kind of who we make the games for anyways as our fans so it's great that uh, Kickstarter allows us to have a direct relationship with our fans um, and and you know collaborate and discuss ideas with them and we can be totally upfront um, there's no uh, t- usually uh, with a big project like a video game, uh, there's a lot of secrecy involved. Um, you don't, and, then, and there's a, a big marketing campaign before you launch the game. Um, with a Kickstarter, you have to be all upfront with it, and you have to be upfront with your ideas and and the, the story of the game. And, it, and it's it's been a great experience so far. Um, and it's and it's kind of uh, for us. It's 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 uh, been a whole lot of fun and uh, and. Motivation on the team has been really high um, because it we get we get to see uh, how our fans react to what we're doing on a daily basis too. So well, so you do actually you do actual weekly updates where you're on video with people. You went out. I have a screenshot of the blog post that he did. <laughs> uh, so Adam created like pie charts yeah. <laughs> and that detailed the project. And you should have, I mean, you guys have to check out their Kickstarter campaign because people comment saying, oh my goodness, this is awesome. I feel like I'm part of you creating this. I had no yeah, idea we, so much went into it. We, we set the bar really high for Kickstarter campaigns. A lot of planning, you know, it wasn't, uh, we, we definitely did our research beforehand and, and we spent, um, two months of, of development time before we launched our Kickstarter. So it wasn't, you know, and I think that's important for anyone that's looking to do a Kickstarter is make sure that you understand the platform, um, you know, participate in Kickstarter, you know, just donate five, ten dollars to other projects so you can kind of see how updates work 
um, and because it's a, it's a lot of work and um, believe like during the it's it's a lot of stress and a lot of work during the the time period when the Kickstarter is is running. Um, for example, I think we had about five people um, full time because um, our Kickstarter went for about thirty two thirty three days. Um, we had five people full time seven days a week uh, for you know eighteen hour days uh, working on the Kickstarter. So it it's it's a lot of work to to run a Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, no, I definitely I've heard that from a number of young women who say they are standing in line at a grocery store and they literally turn around to a woman that's wearing yoga pants and say, hey, I have a Kickstarter campaign selling yoga pants. Will <laughs> you buy into it? Uh, so, no, I definitely see that there's a lot of work into it. But 74,000 people, how do you get 74,000 people to donate to something or to pay attention to this, well, especially as a video game? As yeah, a lot, of people, a lot of people have asked me that, um, like how, why we're – why did we have so much success? It was kind of a perfect storm of, of stuff. Uh, first of all, Obsidian is kind of an established company. Um, we kind of have a name in the game industry. We've, uh, we've developed um, uh, five or six games previous to Project Eternity. Um, so we already had an established fan base. Um, so that helps a lot. Um, the, the second big thing is, and, and Kickstarter is a great way to kind of test the water on your idea. If you have a great idea, um, you know, it's it's a good way of like saying, is this idea actually good? Will people, um, you know, are people willing to open their wallets uh, and give give money out for this idea? Um, and I think we hit we hit kind of a, a niche where uh, in the game gaming market where there there wasn't a game kind of like Project Eternity for at least ten years or so. So that was one thing that we tried to kind of. Uh, bring to the table with our Kickstarter pitch was filling a, kind of a hole for people that they, uh, you know, were missing at the time. Well, let's let's talk about that quickly because you were saying, and I think it was in the actual Kickstarter video, something about the maturity rating and that you're able to do things a little differently because, is it because you don't have to go to someone for financing or you, is there, what are you, what are you going around with that? Um, so traditionally games are funded through a publisher um, and like publishers, Electronic Arts, Activision, um, THQ, like the uh, big companies uh, usually fund these games. Um, and the way that they're funded is is you get money um, through milestone payments throughout the course of the project. So you deliver, uh, you know, deliverables. And you have milestones that you set up with the publisher. Um, and the publisher. Um, Typically, in most contracts, will own the IP, um, which, for a, a small independent studio like Obsidian, I mean, we've been around for nine years. Uh, it's very hard to sign a project with a big publisher to own your own IP. Um, with Kickstarter, uh, we, it's great because we can pitch something, and we actually uh, now we own Project Eternity, we own the world, we own the characters. And that's that's huge for growing your company over uh, a long period of time. Um, so that that was kind of a big thing for for us um, with with jumping on the the uh, trying to do a project with with Kickstarter. Is this a trend that you're going to keep going forward with? Uh, whenever you create a new game, is this something 
I, um, I hope we can be successful with Project Eternity where we don't have to do another Kickstarter. Um, but it's, you know, I, I'm not sure if, if, if we can do another Kickstarter. If people, I think we just have to be successful with our, with our current one and deliver a good game at the end when we release it. Well, it sounds like it's going to be something that the people are going to love because just looking through the comments, it, it is matching exactly like what you were saying is that it's it's filling that need within the market that wasn't being able to be met with yeah. the current way that it's structured. So let's talk a little bit about Adam because obviously sure. you just got done with this Kickstarter campaign and uh, the gaming industry is a really interesting one. So. Full disclosure for everyone that's watching, I'm related to Adam. <laughs> I So Adam <laughs> is my second cousin. Sure. Second cousin. And Sounds great. Yeah, he went to DigiPen up um, here in the Seattle area, which is a very sought-after school to attend if you're going to go into the, the gaming industry. And it was a lot of long nights, a lot of studying. And then I remember after you got out of college, you would sleep in the office and you'd work long nights then too. Yeah. Is uh, Do you find that because of the work environment that the gaming industry kind of, that it go in, goes side by side with, that that's why you don't see as many young women entering into that field? Or do you think that's totally irrelevant? I think that's part of it. Um, it it's definitely kind of, um, it, it used to be more like this. It's, it's kind of gone away from being more like a, a frat house kind of type of environment at, in most offices in the game industry. Um, I think we've kind of matured in a lot of ways over the last you know, five years or so. Um, and and you, you, we're we're starting to see a lot more females uh, in in the workplace. Uh, previously, I think we were below ten percent, um, so it was ninety percent male, ten percent female, which is amazing. Like uh, that's that's crazy. Um, and so I, I think uh, you know we've we've done a lot better over uh, the last five years. Um, I think it's I think more females are interested in games now because. Uh, if the studies and statistics and stuff say that uh, I think the majority of gamers are females. Um, now, it might not be hardcore like Xbox, PlayStation gamers, but um, if you look at Facebook and if you look at iPhone games and um, you know tablet games, the uh, majority of gamers are females, and it's and it's kind of uh, disheartening to see that females uh, don't want to participate in making games uh, but I think that's that's kind of changed over the last five years which is great um, well it'll be it, interesting it, to see how many women in our community are involved with gaming but so as far as the Kickstarter campaign goes do you know what demographic what percentage were male versus female that funded your game I would say it's probably largely male um, is that I, who you're creating I, the game for is for for more I, of a male player I don't think so. Um, I don't. I don't think we target necessarily a male or female gamer. Um, I think it just primarily, um, since we are a role-playing game, and that's kind of associated with Dungeons and Dra Dungeons and Dragons. Um, I think just typically Dungeons and Dragons players are typically male, um, but I, I think a lot of female gamers really, really love our stories and our characters, and we we do. Um, a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I think I, I don't think it's like uh, we we um, 
I don't know what I'm trying to say, but we, we don't we don't really I, I don't I don't think our games are I, like catered toward towards males. Um, I don't think we consciously do that. Yeah. Well, it's the just looking at some of the design storyboards that you have out there doesn't necessarily look that way either. And it definitely does look very much like a storytelling type of a thing that women would be interested in. Um, but as far as, so let's go back to Kickstarter before we wrap up. Okay. Because again, $4 million, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So what type of advice would you give to women as far as to these young women that are interested in doing Kickstarter uh, campaigns as to get those, the larger numbers. So doing the 10,000s, the $5,000, um, buy-ins to it, as far as, uh, packaging what it is that they're, that they're getting in return for their, for their pledge. Yeah. Um, I would, so there's, there's a couple key things I think that, um, I think when you're developing your Kickstarter campaign that you should kind of focus on one is community involvement. Um, and I saw uh, when we were doing our Kickstarter, there was a, a lady um, doing a marshmallow cooking campaign, her fluffles, that's what she called them. And uh, she, she just, she was always on her, her uh, page, updating it, um, answering questions. Uh, and she got involved with our campaign a little bit. And so we had people jump over to her uh, her thing, and she raised a hundred grand, um, and she was only asking for two grand. Um, so that that was that was one thing that I saw that was really interesting. Um, but you have to be careful with that too. Uh, some sometimes your Kickstarter can explode, and you have to be prepared to handle that load. Um, so that that's one thing to be 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 cautious of. Uh, it's great to have a lot of success, but then say if you were only planning on cooking for a hundred people, two hundred people. Now you have a, a few thousand people. That that that's uh, that might be more than you you can chew. So just be cautious of that. Uh, the other thing that I think uh, helps with a, a Kickstarter campaign is just having a good uh, a good video always helps. Um, and then just uh, you know if if you have a a, a community that you uh, frequently visit, you know, make sure you try to involve them in some way. Um, because if you can get some people talking about it on, uh, on like say your, your Reddit subgroup or something like that, um, that really helps too. Very cool. Yeah. You guys did a crazy amount of, uh, different things as far as bringing community together with your Kickstarter. You did the, you did the Ustream stuff. You did, yeah. Um, the weekly updates with the YouTube videos, all sorts of crazy stuff. And you weren't do just doing like a, a phone in front of your face. It was well produced and it was uh, a lot of great information. You connected well with people. So on that front, is there something that you feel like you did one item that you're like, this is what really set us apart or what um, what kept people engaged throughout the entire campaign? I think uh, at the end of the day, it's just a lot of hard work um, and from a lot of uh, people that really believe in the project and that's kind of you know with anything um, if you want to be successful it's just working really hard working your your, your butt off um, and uh, just keep at it um, and um, you know I think even just getting to where I am today because um, I've been working at Obsidian for eight years now is just um, working as hard as I can, um, and, and trying to do the best job possible. Um, I think that's that 
I think if you just keep trying, um, even if you if you try it the first time and you're not successful, you know, look at what you did wrong and seeing if you can you can uh, change a few things here and there, and, and you know, keep trying um, if if you think your idea is really good. So, okay, my last question is: so being that we are, I am related to you. <laughs> I the, I found your project over Facebook. My parents saw it. Everyone was really excited around the whole idea that Adam's project was getting a lot of money and it was doing really well. W- what did your parents think about it? What do you, what do your friends, um, your people that you're dating, <laughs> that, that kind of a thing? What do people What did people think about the whole Kickstarter campaign and what it is that you're doing with your life? Um. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a broad question. Most people congratulate me. Um, Do they understand what how big of a deal it it was and all the work that went into it? I I I hope so. Yeah. Um, Do people understand what Kickstarter is in the first place when you mentioned it, or did you have to go into like a thirty minute explanation? Yeah, a lot of people still don't know what Kickstarter is, and I think um, I I think like the numbers still show like we because we got like seventy four thousand people. Many, many, many more people play video games and will probably like Project Eternity. Um, so, it, but it might be just that that might be the size of the audience that people are willing to take the chance with Kickstarter. Um, but, you know, I think most of my friends and, and colleagues and family members congratulated me. Um, but the, my, my job isn't over. You know, I have a lot of responsibility to make sure the game uh, comes out and is good and, and all our backers are happy at the, at the, at the end of the day. Um, so that's, that's the most important thing right now. That's a good point. Once your Kickstarter campaign uh, ends, it doesn't mean that the work is done. It actually no, means that no. it really just, just begins. Just starts. Yeah, definitely. Well, Adam, where can everyone find you after the podcast so that they can, they can ask you Kickstarter questions and be gamey gamersons with you? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I have a Twitter account. Um, it's at, at Adam underscore Brennicky. Um, that's probably the best way to to get in contact with me. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you, Adam, for sharing all of your advice as far as Kickstarter goes and for talking to us a little bit about the gaming industry. It's very interesting. You're definitely a unique guest on the show, so I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we wish you the best of luck with the game, and we'll all, I'm sure, be watching watching for it when it hits the stores. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. All right, thanks, Adam. So you've been watching the weekly uh, Young Female Entrepreneurs live stream that happens every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Next Thursday, we're off because it is Thanksgiving. So um, for all of you that are in the U.S., happy Thanksgiving. I hope you're celebrating with friends and family. Until then, uh, connect with us over on Twitter at YF Entrepreneur or on the website at youngfemaleentrepreneurs.com. Thanks so much for watching.